Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. And when I say the words three days later, a few things might come to mind for you. You might think of, I don't know, maybe Jonah and the whale, if you know that old, old um, story in the Bible. Or three days later, maybe the milk that you need to get out of the fridge because it might be a little bit expired by now. But three days later, when we say those words, we're actually talking about the resurrection of Jesus, that we believe that He died, but we believe that He rose again in victory three days later. And this is what the Christian faith and Christianity actually hinges off. This is actually our faith. And um, I believe that I've had resurrected moments in my life um, and I've experienced the power of being brought back from the dead or, or maybe hear me when I say this, is that we, um, and, and it is the day after we have our four-day youth camp known as, uh, it's called Youth Camp, and uh, this Youth Camp is crazy. Like this Youth Camp, we have like tribal wars where we've got like flower bombs, water bombs, thousands of thousands of teenagers there. But can I say, for all the leaders, Youth Camp is like, you're almost dead. You're almost dying at the end of this thing. It's absolutely epic. We wouldn't want it any other way. But I'm telling you, I've experienced what almost seems like rising back from the dead moments is the day after that Youth Camp, when you're in bed, and you just try and find all the possible strength that you can to try and open up these eyes that have so uh, got so much sleep in them to try and rise back up. And, uh, and I almost think it's quite impossible to get up that next morning after that. But we truly believe that Jesus, even more so, actually, when he died, rose again from victory which is an absolute crazy thought when we actually think about it because the thing is, is that death is inevitable. We all know that at the end, we will die, but Jesus is the only one that actually came back to life. And that's what we're looking at tonight as we look at the resurrection of who Jesus is. So uh, we're gonna explore what the King has done for us. So with this in mind, why don't we pray together? Lord, I just thank you for what you're gonna do in this place tonight, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, God, for your grace Uh, that you are here with us right now. And we thank you, God, for your death on that cross on Friday. But Lord, we thank you for the resurrection on Sunday. We believe, God, that because of it, we can now find life in you. We can now find hope in you. And I pray that your spirit would speak to every person here and everyone listening in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So um, we're gonna look at the resurrection narrative really, really soon. Um, I was sneaky in the time that we were praying. I took my hat off just in case you had your eyes closed. But um, we're going to look at Mark chapter 8, verse 31. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you, that would be amazing. But if you don't, the big Bible is just up here. And we're going to look at it from there. So it says this in Mark 8, chapter 31. And basically, Jesus is with his disciples. And he's talking to them. And um, I love this dialogue that they have together. He says this, he's teaching them. And he says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly. And then Peter, get this, Peter took him aside and he's like, oh, Jesus, hey, just, I know that word you just got me, but yeah, just come over here for a second. And he says, and he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. So Jesus just said this thing on the, on the, uh, the, the chief priests and elders, they're going to reject Christ and they're going to reject the Son of Man and, and then he's going to rise again three days later. But, but Peter kind of brings him over there and he's just like, hey, 
Jesus, just letting you know, that is never going to happen to you because I have a knife and if anyone even comes near you, I'm, I feel like chopping someone's ear off. I don't know why, but I, I'm, I don't know. Something's just coming into my mind, but I swear if they come near you, I'll chop his ear off even. And uh, he starts rebuking him. And then this is what happens. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, this is Jesus, he rebuked Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. Now, uh, this is a quite brutal verse for you to be, for Jesus to call you Satan. Like, come on, Jesus, out of everything. Like, really, the lowest of the lows here. Come on, man. But I think it's funny. And, and we believe in kind of a thing here as Christians, a value that whatever you reap, you're going to sow. And uh, basically, if you say that you're going to rebuke Jesus, you're going to get rebuked by Jesus. Um, <laughs> how funny is that, that, that Peter's just like, no, you, that's not going to happen. He's like, no, you get behind me. He just rebukes him straight away. And then he says this, for you are not setting your mind on things of God, but on the things of man. And I want to ask you, has there ever been a time where you only listened to half of what a person had to say? Or there was a specific word or a specific sentence that they said that your eyes just went straight to that. I know if we were to have a, a conversation, a dialogue, if you were to say the word Nando's in any time of the dialogue, that's the only thing I'd be thinking about because my mouth would be watering and I would be like, Nando's, we got to get that Portuguese chicken, man. Like, I'm just ready to go, you know? That is the only thing that I would be focused on. And the other things that you were kind of saying, yeah, cool, that, that, that's all right. But in this moment, Peter hears that Jesus is going to die Nah, not on my watch. And he comes over and then he's like, nah, that's not happening. But I think he failed to realize those other few words that Jesus said. And after three days, rise again. And after three days, rise again. Peter had fixated what Jesus was saying and he honed in and he was listening. Good on you, Peter. But he only fixated on the one side of the coin. And I want to emphasize tonight that our gospel is not a one side of the coin kind of gospel, but there's actually a two part to it. And I, I, I kind of see it like this. Who loves Tom and Jerry? Does anyone love Tom and Jerry, the cartoon Tom and Jerry? And for all the, I don't know if the youth might know them, but maybe not. We've got Tom and Jerry over here. And uh, they're, the, they're the infamous Tom and Jerry. You know, you've got this household cat who doesn't like the mouse and, um, and he chases him all day. And that's the plot of Tom and Jerry. But I want to give you a proposal. What if Tom and Jerry was just Tom? My incredible Photoshop skills. Someone hire me. No, just kidding. Um, but what if it was still labeled as Tom and Jerry, but it was just Tom? And it's like, okay, well, got a household cat, and uh, I don't know, he kind of sits there, he kind of licks his paws, and I don't know. The plot line to Tom and Jerry is completely gone now. You don't have Tom and Jerry anymore. You need Jerry to have Tom and Jerry, or else it's not Tom and Jerry. You get what I mean? But speaking of Tom and Jerry, let's go to Ben and Jerry's. Um, an ice cream. An ice cream. We're, we're, uh, who loves ice cream here? Give me a wave of hands. Yeah, a few people. Who's lactose intolerant? I'm sorry, we're going to pray for you after this. You will be healed in the name of Jesus. But ice cream. You go over to Ben and Jerry's, you come over to the counter, the lady's there, she's like, hey, what would you like today? And you're like, I would love the triple chalk, chipple, chippity bu bu chunky monkey, funky monkey kind of ice cream with a waffle cone. Because who knows, the waffle cone's the only way you go, all right? Oh, come on, people. All right, all right. I kind of like doing this. So, Poles, who's the person who doesn't get it in the waffle cone? Who gets it cut in like in a cup? 
All right. And who goes waffle cones so you can actually get your money's worth? Yeah, come on. They're my people out. A little bit biased, a little bit of emphasis on that side. But you get your triple choc, triple fudge brownie, Ben and Jerry's, and this is what you ask for. You pay six to twenty-four dollars for that. <laughs> and then she comes over and she hands you just a waffle cone. And you're like, bro, I just paid like 25 bucks for this. <laughs> I want my ice cream because that's the main part. Because an ice cream cone isn't an ice cream cone without the ice cream. It's just a cone. Tom and Jerry is not Tom and Jerry unless Tom and Jerry are there. And this is the point I'm trying to bring across with the gospel that we preach. If Jesus died on the cross, amazing. We love that. We believe that he died for our sins. But without the resurrection, we don't have a gospel. And I'm here to let you know tonight that we cannot have Jesus' death without, on the cross without his resurrection. And in the exact same way, we cannot have the resurrection of Jesus without first the death of Jesus. The two go hand in hand. They are two sides of the one coin. And this is our faith. This is what is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul says it this way, the apostle Paul in Corinthians. He said, but if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Or in other words, if Jesus actually didn't rise from the dead, if we all we have is a cross, if all we have is Jesus dying for us, but there's no resurrection, it's time to go home, church. Pack it all up. Why are we here? What are we doing right now? Are we just here preaching about some guy that died 2,000 years ago like someone who would just die like a normal human being? No, we're not, because we believe that Jesus actually did rise from the dead. We believe in a gospel that says he did come back. No wonder some other people think we're crazy, because if we're just talking about some guy that died 2,000 years ago and they're worshiping him for a whole hour and a half service, that's weird. But we don't believe that. If this Jesus really did rise from the dead, then something happened that day. Something happened that day. I love it how Tim Keller says this. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. And if he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about what any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs on is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. And I want to let you know that if this Jesus really did rise from the dead, then we need to take everything of what this life of what Jesus did and actually listen to it. Because this guy actually may have been God. This person, the person of Jesus, might have actually been something to pay attention to. And uh, tonight, I want to look at the resurrection passage. I love this so much. I was reading it all this week, and I actually think it's quite hilarious. There's actually some really funny content in it. So um, we're going to read it together in uh, John 20, verse 1 to 10. And it says this. Now, basically, Jesus has just been brought to the tomb. Um, He's been there. For a number of days, and it says this now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the, to- the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, Just note this for a second John wrote this gospel, and he is the other disciple. I think that's really funny. So he says this about himself. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Now, I love this next verse more than any other man, because I'm competitive. 
I'm a competitive, spirited kind of person, and uh, not arrogant, just confident. And um, and I like winning at things, okay? And John, who wrote this gospel that we're about to hear. It has no relevance to the resurrection whatsoever, but wants to make known that he is the better person. You ready? Check this out. Verse 4. No relevance. Both of them were running together, Peter and John, but the other disciple outrun Peter and reached the tomb first. That's gospel right there. That's hilarious. John's just like, for the quite literally record in history, I'm faster than Peter, and I want to let everyone know about it. I literally, I was literally reading this on Monday. I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> he notes it again. Check this out. I'm not even on the resurrection anymore. No, just kidding. And stooping, uh, and stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, because he was second, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first. Are you serious? Like, good on you, man, that you got your little ego boost in there. Like, Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in and saw and believed. For as yet, they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. I love this so much and, and, and I want to point out just three things tonight of what the resurrection means for us tonight. And I believe that the resurrection means that Jesus Christ is real. Je- Jesus Christ is real. If the resurrection actually happened, if Jesus claims before he even died that three days later he would rise again and then this thing actually happened, then Jesus is no fake, no charlatan, then this is actually not just the fact that he's real, but that Jesus Christ is God himself. Jesus Christ was not merely just a man, although he was all that to save us of our sin, but he in fact was indeed God himself. Considering our whole faith resides in not only the cross, but the resurrection, every single ounce and being of who Jesus is has been made known to us through the resurrection. Hear me on this. Is that if Jesus Christ is real, this changes the game for history. This changes the game for humanity because if he is real and what he says is real, that means every single thing he said prior to the resurrection is also real as well. That when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he really means that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That you don't need to live a life of in lies anymore or deceit because Jesus is life. Jesus is truth. That means that you can actually be freed from your sin. You know why? Because Jesus said it. Jesus said it. Do you know what? That means you can actually be healed from your depression. You know why? Because Jesus said it. Because it's who Jesus is. If we're actually to take the weight of what Jesus said, then all the things that he said to us were true. But not only every word was true, but every promise was true as well. Every promise was true. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That if we want to see who God is, he said we need to look to him first and we will see the Father. 
He was God. He was real. He is real. And the best part is he's alive. He's alive. I love the fact that God wasn't just a God of 2,000 years ago, but God is a God of now. God is a God of here. The reason why we worship tonight and how powerful was worship just to go, God, everything that you did for us, but not only just, just knowing who you are, that you're not a defeated God, but you're a victorious God. We just worshiped him in spirit and in truth and it was so powerful. But I love the fact that Jesus is God because that means our, our searching can end. The searches end when we found truth, when we find life, when we find hope. And I want to let some people know tonight that you can find all those things in Jesus. I want to even go one step further and I say you can exclusively only find it in Jesus. It's only Him. It's only Him. And so many people, I actually hear so many teenagers and stuff say this, but they're like, okay, if God is actually real, then why doesn't He just reveal Himself to us? And I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> Like, have you read the Bible? Have you checked out what it is? So it's actually not an issue if it happened or not. It's actually a state of which we believe it or not. Because if we believe that it happened, then we can actually access all that God has for us, all the promises He has for us. So what this means is that Jesus Christ is real. I, I say that, and I think that most of us know that. And if you don't know that, there's going to be a time where you, you, you can have an opportunity to actually experience this real God that wants to touch your life intimately, privately, uniquely. He wants a relationship with you. But the thing is, if we just have the cross, the one side of the coin, then we actually don't know that 100% Jesus was who he said he was. Because if he was just some man and they were expecting that he was going to die and he was going to die for the sins of the world, but then he stayed in that tomb, then he wasn't really God. Just some guy that we're worshiping 2,000 years later. But if he truly did rise from the dead, then this is the one fact that proves that he actually was real and he actually was God. Second thing that I believe the resurrection means and what the Bible teaches us is the resurrection means that there is hope. There is hope. Let's keep looking at the passage here. It says in, in, in the verses coming down, it says that in, in Jesus, sorry, I'll, I'll just kind of tell the story, but in Jesus's resurrected state, the disciples actually went home. So they'd met at the tomb. Uh, John obviously got there quicker and they met at the tomb and then they bailed from that. And Mary is there just sobbing and weeping and she wept because they can't find Jesus's body anymore. And, and, and she's absolutely distraught. And anyway, Jesus actually comes up to her in his amazing, unique, resurrected state, fully body, fully flesh, fully spirit. And then he actually has a dialogue with her and she's looking down. I'm sure she's looking like this. She actually thinks he's the gardener as well. And basically she's crying so much. Have you ever had like one of those ugly cries? Like, it's just going everywhere. It's not the works. It's just, it's just going everywhere. And she's weeping, man. Like, it says that she's weeping. Anyway, Jesus asked her, why are you weeping? She's like, oh, they got rid of his body, and I, and I don't know where it is. And then, and then he asked a second time, kind of like Probe, hey, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Whom are you seeking after? Like he even needed to ask. And then it's one word that Jesus says in his resurrected state, that will actually help Mary get her eyes off the problem and get her eyes back on Jesus. He says this one word. He says, Mary. And she looks up 
And she says, teacher, and exclaims, teacher, as in saying, rabbi, basically, you are here. I love that Jesus couldn't get her attention saying all these other words, but all he had to do was say her name and called her by her name to get her eyes back on him because Jesus knows you. Jesus knows your name and Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And it's in that fact that there is hope for your life because he is the author. He is the perfecter of our faith. But I want you to imagine Mary, Peter, and John there, and they're freaking out because the body is gone. And Mary came to prepare the body with spices. And, and that was ceremonially, that's what you would do in the day to prepare the body as it would ju- had just died. And she came with all these things prepared. And Mary came in doubt that Jesus hadn't risen because she came with those spices. But how awesome is this that she left in faith? Mary came in doubt but she left with faith because her own eyes had seen Jesus resurrected. And I believe in the same way, life can sometimes tear us down where all we're doing is looking at the ground, weeping like, how am I ever gonna get through this? The tomb is gone and there's no hope for it. But then Jesus is just out there with his hands saying your name. And he's saying, come on, come on, stand up. Come on, stand up. I'm right here. I haven't died. I haven't gone anywhere. I've never forsaken you or I've never left you. And I'm here to stay right now. Jesus is calling your name tonight. And because of it, there's, there's hope. There's hope for you. I don't know what your situation's like. I don't know what your life has been like. You could be in the darkest dumps for so many years now and you feel like there's no way out of it. I wanna let you know tonight that the resurrection is what you can hold on to. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price but rose again and he calls out your name. So that means that there is hope for you. Jesus meets us where we're at, even in our doubts. And this is for someone tonight. Even in your doubt, Jesus wants to meet you and give you faith. Even in your doubt, even when you don't have the strength enough to get up, Jesus wants to just say your name and pick you up. The resurrection means that there is hope for you. There is hope for your life. There's hope for your family. The final thing I believe the resurrection means for us tonight is that death is not the end. Death is no longer the end. In the world's terminology, death is the end. Death is that inevitable force, powerful to destroy us. At the end of our lives, we will all go to the grave. And we all know in our worldly view that when we go to the grave, there is no coming back. It would be absolutely crazy or a miracle for anyone to come back to life after they've been dead. And we all know this thing this inevitable force called death. And if you're a believer here, you once also were destined to that place. You were once destined to that place, but because Jesus loves you so much and he not only died for your sin, but he actually rose again in the same way he was a foreshadow of what will now happen to us. The death is no longer the end for the believer. Death is no longer the one who believes in Jesus because he is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And in him holds eternity. In him holds complete and utter life, not just in this life, but in the life to come. Romans 6 verse three to five says this, or do you not know all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. I love this picture because not many people have seen it and not any of us have actually seen what this resurrection looks like. But this is what scripture tells us that in the same way when we received Jesus and we were baptized into the death to say, God, I wanna put my trust and I wanna be hidden in Christ. I wanna give my life to you. We died and denied ourselves so we would live a life in Jesus Christ. And when that happens, it's like when Jesus rose from the grave, we also rose from the grave. But not only in our spiritual state, but one day when we do die, that every person will die at that end time when Jesus comes back, when he went to the Father, he said, in the same way that I go, I will actually come back to you and you will be risen up. At that last trumpet sound, which would inaugurate, if that's even a word, I really hope it is. That final trumpet sound, when the king comes back to take redemption and reconciliation to its complete work, we too will rise again in not only spiritual, but physical bodies as well in the exact same way. And this is the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. Buddha won't give it to you. Krishna won't. None of the polytheistic gods that you can believe in will give it to you. Atheism, atheism won't give you anything. But Jesus is the only hope, not only for this life, but the life to come as well. And can I tell you, it is real. It is real. But Jesus wants you to know it because he paid it all for you. Because death is not the end. Death is not the end. In this moment, if I could just ask that every eye be closed in this place. I said earlier that I wanted to give an opportunity for someone here and some people here that you might have just been coming to tonight's service because you saw it on a Facebook ad or or on one of our posters going out and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I I should get to church. I really feel like I I need to get there. And I wanna encourage you that you coming to church tonight wasn't just some mistake or some accident, but you needed to hear tonight's message because God is actually knocking on the door of your heart saying, I'm here. I died for you. I love you. I want relationship with you. Would you let me into your life? And I wanna give that opportunity for everyone here. It's not on my own back as Nick, but it's actually what Jesus paid for you on the cross. And he is actually stretching out his hand to you, calling your name and saying, let me give you life. Here it is. Not only life in this life, the physical life that we see, but forevermore into eternity. And Jesus is stretching out his hand to everyone here. And I wanna ask you tonight, if you don't know Jesus, if you're far away from him, but you wanna come close to him, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you think you're away from God. Jesus just wants you. And all I want you to do in this moment, and I want you to be really brave, really bold for me. If you wanna make this decision and say, Nick, I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know this life, this truth, this hope that I can have. All I want you to do, and we're gonna pray a simple prayer after it, is all I want you to do is just raise your hand right now. If that's you, 
Come on, if that's you, just raise your hand and say, Nick, that's me. That's me. I want the resurrection life that Jesus offers me. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you, sweetie. Amazing. Come on, friend, don't miss this time. I don't care who you are in this place, but you need Jesus. I don't care what you've gone through. Jesus doesn't look at your mistakes. He looks at your potential and Jesus is calling you home. Come on, friend, don't go another day without actually experiencing the freedom of God, the life of God, the hope of God. I wanna wait a moment because I know there's people here that it's just on your heart right now and you're like, it's me, it's me. Come on, don't miss out, friend. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, I see that hand. Thank you, sweetie. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Come on, this is a thing between you and God, not between me and you. Jesus wants your heart, friend. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. Well, we're going to pray this prayer together, and all I want you to do is pray this after me. And this is the invitation that God is stretching out to us, and this is actually us accepting it by prayer. Let's pray this. Dear Jesus, God, I'm sorry for my sin and my wrongs. Cleanse me right now. I believe, Jesus, that you died 2,000 years ago for me, but you rose again in victory. I hold on to that by faith. Would you give me your spirit in Jesus' name? Amen.